0: We uh, The topic I was given for today, I am excited about. It was about sharing your story. Now, maybe some of you guys are great at sharing your story. Maybe some of you guys struggle with sharing your story. Maybe you kind of struggle with some questions like, what do I tell? Why is it important? Can I be a Christian and not share my story? All of these things we are going to dive into today. But before we do, we're going to keep it light. I want to know from you guys, the holidays are coming up. And in my household, that means that board games will be played. Do we have any other board game families here that or card games as well, right? All count. Just vicious holiday competition, right? There's no playing for fun in my house. Uh, there's playing for blood and that's it. And so I'm excited about it, uh, but there's two types of people when it comes to board games, when it comes to games in general, all right? There is those who take the rules as a suggestion, all right? and those who take it as unbreakable law. Now, in my family, we have a few of both, all right? Now, my sister, she is the one who takes all game rules as suggestions, right? She brought home this game that none of us had ever played. It was called Munchkin, And she's the only one who's ever played it. And so we made the mistake of just trusting that she would tell us the rules. And so it's this kind of like nerdy, like dungeon castle game, but we love it. And so she tells us all the rules and we're playing and like things are getting really complicated and things are not making sense. And she seems less and less sure about the rules as we go on. And we finally get to a point where we're like, I don't think this is right. I think you've been lying to us. So we crack open the rules. And sure enough, we had been playing not even the game. Like absolutely so wrong because she never even read the rules. And she was like, oh, I figured, I figured we'd, we'd figure it out, right? Now myself, I am, I am very different. Now there's a lot of areas in my life when I was younger that I was a rule breaker. But let me tell you, when it comes to board games, rule follower. This is why there is nothing that brings me more joy All right. Then rigidly ruining somebody's day by holding them to strict rules in a game. All right. They think they've won. Yes. And I'm like, according to section two on paragraph B, you can't do that. And you have to go back to the start. And it brings a smile to my face. It just so much. Right. And so I see the rules as unbreakable law. If the pamphlet says it, you have to do it. Otherwise, it's not the game. All right. But you get some of both. Right. And it's not just with board games. Right. Because a lot of us see rules as either unbreakable law or a suggestion. And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, there is at least one rule in all of our lives that we take more as a suggestion. Right. Maybe it's a speed limit. Maybe uh, you like to fish in ponds and you see these no trespassing signs and they're more of a suggestion, right? You know, maybe don't trespass or come catch these fish, whichever you prefer, right? Maybe uh, for our students over here, or maybe it's curfew. Your parents say, be home by 10 and you're like, yeah, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there. You know, good suggestion. I'll take it under advisement, right? We got a few of those. But there's always some rule in our life that we think about as more of a suggestion, And today we are going to talk about a rule we find in scripture that so often we, and myself included, I'm as guilty as anybody on this, that we take as a suggestion. And that rule is found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it says this. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right? This passage has a name. Does anybody know it? The Great... It's not commandment. Commission. There it is. The Great Commission. All right? And A commission, right? It sounds official, right? We don't call it like, you know, the great suggestion. It's not the great thing that you can maybe do. It's the great commission. But often we treat it as the great suggestion, right? When we read it with our eyes, we're like, Jesus said, go, therefore, if you're not too busy and you feel like it. And make disciples, as long as it's easy and comfortable, like don't go out of your way. Of all nations, or, you know, just if somebody's close, right? We, we read it in a different way, almost as the great suggestion. But the thing is, for, for almost all of us, I would dare to say all of us, it's not necessarily a matter of not knowing that we're supposed to make disciples. Like, that's kind of Christian 101. When you when you accept Jesus, when you say, I'm going to follow him with my life, you know that that involves sharing your story his story sharing the gospel the good news that is one of the things that we are called to do so it's not a matter of not knowing but it's more a problem of of not doing right and we try to justify it right because sometimes sharing the gospel is a little uncomfortable we know we should but we don't really want to and so we come up with some great ideas like what i call drive-by evangelism. I'm sure you've experienced. Drive-by evangelism is one of these where like you see somebody walking and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I am going to spread the love of Jesus. Here we go. And so as they're walking by, you're like, Jesus loves you. (laughs) Got him. And then you run away or roll up your window or whatever it is. Maybe it's happened to you. Let me tell you, this may come as a shock. Drive-by evangelism is generally not the greatest way to spread Jesus to the people around you. I know. I know. We thought it was a surefire way. But let me tell you, there are more effective ways than yelling at people that they are loved. Hey, maybe that's what they needed to hear. But there are other ways. We're going to talk about those other ways, all right? We're going to talk about sharing our story. Because the truth of it is, even though we know we should do it, we don't do it for a variety of reasons. So so we have to answer the questions, what keeps me from sharing my story. Now I worded it like that specifically, right? A lot of times we we call it a testimony or evangelism um, and those are all the same thing. But the reason I like to say sharing your story because what I firmly believe is the best and simplest way to spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that we are dead in our sin and we are alive. With his sacrifice, right? The greatest news in all of history. The best way to spread that, right? It's not screaming at people out the window. But what it is, is simply telling somebody, this is what God has done for me. And we complicate it, right? We go up to people, we instantly start talking theology, right? We think maybe giving somebody a list of everything they're doing wrong in their life without knowing them is a good idea, right? I'm not sure why we think that, but I mean, I've been there. I've gone through phases where I'm like, they need to know their sin. We won't talk about mine though, but theirs they need to know, right? And we're like evangelism. The best way to get people on board with Jesus is simply to say, this is what God's done for me. Because we virtually then become an infomercial. And let me tell you, I love infomercials, all right? I have, I have almost bought things at 12 a.m. that I had no business buying, right? That didn't even really make sense. It's like, why do I need 14 industrial rolls of waterproof tape? I don't know. But the the infomercial made it seem like I'm missing it in my life if I don't have it, right? And that's what we gotta do with Jesus. We gotta be like, hey, let me show you what God has done in my life. And at that point, we don't gotta bring up doctrine. We don't have to bring up theology. We don't gotta do any of that because if we show them what God's doing, they're gonna be like, Well, where can I get some, right? If he did it for you, maybe he could do it for me. And that's the spot where we want him. There's a place for doctrine. There's a place for theology, for confessing of sins. It's all important. But there's a way you got to go about it when you're bringing the gospel to the lost. You've got to share your story. So today we are going to discuss, in my opinion, the top three things that keep us from sharing our story. All right, we're going to identify them and we're going to talk about how can we overcome these things and share our story despite these roadblocks? All right, so if you're a note taker, three points, three things. Here we go. Number one is, I feel like it's family feud, right? Let's see if it's on the board. No, it is haste, right? Haste, the pace. They got to go, got to go, got to go, right? In the, the American culture we live in is a culture of haste. And we start to believe and maybe even use this lie. I just don't have time, right? I would love to share the gospel. I would love to share my story, but I don't have time, right? I I wake up in the morning, right? And I go to the gym, right? And then I got to go to work. I got to drop the kids off. I got to pick the kids up. Maybe you are a kid who's getting dropped off and you got to go to school, right? And you got to be looking so fresh because you sit next to a special someone in second period. You know what I'm talking about? It's it's a busy schedule. And then you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, I would have loved to to share my story. I would have loved to evangelize, but just don't have time right because we live in a world of haste in fact haste is the enemy of peace a lot of times we don't see it that way but it's so true right because jesus is the prince of peace and when you think what is peace right for me peace is like sitting down at my house in my recliner with my wife and six animals that's not a lie and uh chilling watching tv with here's the kicker nothing else to do. Ooh, that's good, right? No dishes to wash, right? No projects to work on, nothing to do, but just sit and hang out with my wife and army of animals that we have at home, right? That's peace for me. I just love it. And whatever peace is for you, it generally is not like, oh, peace for me. It's a full pack schedule with no time in between. Oh my goodness, that's my happy place. Just go, 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 no stopping. Like, that's, that's just not peace. Peace requires slowing down. Peace and rest go hand in hand. And so when we look at what is the opposite of peace and rest, it's haste, it's busy, it's a full schedule, it's go, 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 and Satan knows that. He's very aware because Satan will keep us busy to stop us from doing the things we need to do. You know you need to read your Bible more. Satan will make sure you don't have time to read your Bible more, right? You know you need to to share your story, to evangelize that person in your life that you know is not a believer and that you know you could have a conversation with because you see him every day. Satan will make sure that you are too busy to think that through, right? And here's the kicker is he doesn't even get you busy with bad things, right? You can get busy with good things that will keep you from better things right? You can be like, you can have a full day of great things, right? You can go to work, you can have a great day, you can go to school, you can go to the gym, you can go to all these different things that you have, social groups, interactions, whatever it is, and then you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, that was a great day. I just didn't have time to dive into the Word. I just didn't have time to work on my relationship with Jesus, Satan's tricky, right? He will make sure your schedule is filled up with good things, bad things in between. It doesn't matter to him as long as you're too busy for peace. As long as you're too busy to do the things that God has for you. So, what do we do, right? Well, first, what we generally do is make excuses, right? I'm an excuse master, all right? If Amanda asks me why I didn't do the dishes, I will come up with some amazing sounding things of why I couldn't do the dishes, all right? But... We all make these excuses, right? I, I love, one of my favorite hobbies is uh, is going to the gym, right? I love the gym so much. And I, I, I try to force that on other people as aggressively as possible. That's what you have to do when you go to the gym, all right? Oh, you need to go to the gym. And anytime I start to try to get somebody else to go with me, I'm like, you should go with me to the gym, right? I get the same excuse every time. They're like, oh, I would love to. I would love to, except for that I just don't have time for the gym, right? When I hear those words, It's like steam comes out the ears and I'm like, oh, here we go. Let's talk about not having time for the gym. And what I tell them is you have time for what you want to have time for. Better yet, you make time for what you want to do the most, right? Because we have people in our staff here that they go to the gym at like 4 a.m. All right, that's not me. I'm not that dedicated, but there are people, right? They go to the gym at like 4 a.m. and then work a full day and then, you know, do all this other stuff. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. And why do they do it? Because they make time for what they want to do the most. And maybe you're like, man, I want to do all the things in my life and I just don't have time, right? Students, maybe you're like, I don't have time for anything else in my life. And then somebody says, show me your screen time. <laughs> I, have a, I have a little time. I can maybe not be on TikTok, you know. I could, I could maybe get off the gram a little more than I do. We don't realize, but we have time. We just have to prioritize our time. And the same thing goes for spiritual things, right? Maybe we're like, I want to read my Bible more, I want to grow my relationship. I want to research some biblical things we talked about over the weekend, but I just don't have time. I want to oh, here we go, share my story. I want to have conversations with people. I want to ready myself to have conversations with people about the gospel because it's important, but I just don't have time. If you lay out your day and actually look at how you spend your time, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying there's huge chunks of time, but you make time for what's most important to you, right? And, and here is is uh, the tough one, is often we prioritize Little things over the big things, right? We prioritize all these tiny little things that fill up our day, even though they're so far less important than someone's salvation. We make time for what we want to do the most. So what's the solution? How do we go up against haste when it comes to sharing our story? Slow down. Look for opportunities And you'll find them, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, there's just no one to share my faith with. I promise you, if you do those two things, slow down and look for opportunities, you'll be amazed at what you find, right? Look for divine appointments. Sometimes it's not even opportunities. Sometimes God puts you in a place with certain people for a certain purpose and we miss it because we're so focused on what's next on my schedule. Who am I seeing? Where am I going to lunch? What am I doing, right? All these things that aren't bad, they're necessary. You gotta eat to survive, right? But we're so focused on ourselves, on our own schedule, that so often we miss appointments that God puts right in our path. If we're going to battle haste to share our story, we have to slow down and look for opportunities. That's number one. Number two, what is number two? I'm glad you asked. Number two, the second thing that keeps us from sharing our faith is fear. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Fear. Actually, that is what we've been talking about in the Forge. We are on a series called War on Fear. And we're talking about how to live as Christians in a fear-dominated culture. And this goes right with what we're talking. So often we don't share our story. We don't evangelize because of fear. Fear is one of Satan's greatest weapons. You see, the thing is with fear, Satan doesn't have to stop us from sharing our story. Satan doesn't have to stop us from sharing the good news. By using fear... He uses us. We will stop ourselves. As I mentioned, I have a variety of animals in my house. I have four dogs and two cats, all right? And uh, I don't want to talk about it. It just happened, all right? But we have them. And when they were puppies, they would start to chew on something that I didn't want them to chew on. And I'd, I'd start, right, I'd give them the clapping treatment. I'd be like, hey, stop that. And they'd be like, oh, okay, I'll stop, right? They wouldn't talk because they're animals. But they would stop chewing on the thing that they were chewing on. But here's the thing. I wasn't close enough to actually stop them. The only thing that I have is fear. The shock factor, right? Surprising them, making them think something's going to happen. But they started to figure it out, right? Now they're grown and sassy. And I'll start, hey, stop. Don't chew on that, right? And they'll give me the courtesy of looking me in the eye as they continue to chew on the thing. Because they know I'm not going to get off the couch and stop them, right? Now, if Amanda says it, they're in trouble. But they know when they're actually in danger. And Satan, he uses fear against us, right? He can't actually stop us from sharing the gospel. Because the power of Satan is no match for the power of God that lives in us. But he can get us so afraid to do it that we will stop ourselves. We don't share our story because we fear judgment, we fear persecution, and we fear discomfort. Right? Judgment is a huge one for everybody, but specifically for our students, right? We get in our own head so much. I remember what it was like being a student, and I was like, man, I want to tell my friends about Christ, but I'm afraid that if I do, that I'm going to be like the goody two shoes Christian, right? That nobody's going to want to hang out with me, that everybody's going to push me out of their circle, and I don't want that either. And that's a tough, that's a tough line to navigate. Right? You don't want that judgment that comes with taking that step of faith. Adults, we also fear judgment, right? We, we develop a reputation, right? We develop our circles, we develop power, success, all these things through our, through our adventures in life. And sometimes we're afraid to step out of those comfort zones that we've created. We're afraid to put that on the line to have a conversation with someone, to come up and be uncomfortable for a moment. That can be terrifying even for adults, right? Sometimes we fear persecution, right? We just talked about in our offering somebody who has literally been kidnapped, stolen away, and held at ransom, right? That still happens today, right? Right? So much, we live in such a broken world, and that can be terrifying, right? We can be like, man, if I share my faith, if I get outspoken about what God has done for me, there's going to be people who don't like that. Yes, there will. Those people could get violent. Yes, they could. But guess what? Somebody's soul is worth so much more than our own safety, Right. The apostle, the apostle Paul, he got it. I love the story of the apostle Paul. When he spreads the gospel in a city, they drag him outside the city and they stone him. Think he's dead. He's not. He gets back up and goes back into the city and preaches to the same people that just tried to kill him. I'm like, this man has no fear, right? Because he knows that the worst the enemy can do is death, and death is a ticket to the feet of Jesus for those who have put their faith in him. So the enemy's biggest shot is actually our greatest moment, right? He's got nothing on us. But yet we so often are overcome with fear, and finally we fear discomfort. And that seems like the least intense one, but I would say this one gets us more of the time. See, in life, we develop comfort zones, right? Everybody does. Everyone likes to be comfortable, right? And sometimes when we go to share our faith, it can be comfortable, right? It could be like a family friend and God opens the conversation and it's natural. And we're like, yes, if I could share the gospel like this every time, I would love to. And it works out sometimes. But sometimes, right, you're sitting in the driveway and you see, like, somebody walking on the side of the road and they look kind of sketchy, and then the Holy Spirit kind of tugs on your heart. Hey, yeah, I want you to go talk to them. And you're like, oh man, I must be, uh, I must be mistaken. It sounded like you wanted me to talk to them, but that can't be it because I don't want to. And, uh, and so we struggle with that, right? We don't want to take a step out of that comfort zone. We don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We want to stay where we know it's safe. And so the fear of discomfort so often stops us from taking that step, from sharing our story, right? We often value our own reputation, safety, and comfort over someone else's eternal destination. I'm gonna say that one more time because it just, it carries a weight. We value our own reputation, safety, and comfort over someone's eternal destination. And those are important things, right? Our reputation can be an important thing. Right? Our safety is absolutely an important thing. Even our comfort is an important aspect in our life. But are any of those more important than someone's eternal destination? No, because our reputation, our safety, and our comfort, those are temporary things. But someone's eternal destination, that's forever. And that is worth putting those things on the line. It is worth stepping out and being uncomfortable, facing the fear. Right? Right? And here's the thing, this is how we battle it. Fear and trust, right, they're connected. When one grows, the other withers. We likely won't completely ever eliminate our fear, as much as we would like to. We probably will never get to a point where like fear doesn't exist until Jesus comes back and eliminates it himself, right, with the holy elbow drop. I cannot wait, it's coming, but it's not here yet. So in the meantime, right, we gotta do what we can to overcome fear with what we have, right, right? And even though maybe we can't completely eliminate fear, we can grow our trust in God to the point that the thunderous voice of fear is reduced to a whisper. Right? I like to think of it as like two plants and when one grows, the other shrinks. You have fear and you have trust. If you grow your trust in God so big that requires the fear to grow so small, then what once was a dominating, loud, intimidating voice is now just A whisper. I heard this one time and I loved it so much. Somebody said, if you have two dogs, right, and you want one of those dogs to grow big and strong and you want to kill the other one. All right, I would never kill a dog. I have six. I love them. But in this scenario, that's what you want to do, right? How would you do it? You'd feed the dog you want to grow, right? And you'd starve the other one and it would take care of itself. The same thing is so true with trust and fear. I want my trust in God to grow and I want my fear to die. You feed your trust, you starve the fear. You feed your trust by getting in the word, by constantly reminding yourself who God is and what he's done. Because if he's done it for someone else, he can do it for you right? You stay in your word, you stay in prayer, you surround yourself with a circle of like-minded believers, right? Who are going to support you, who are going to sharpen you. That's how you feed your faith. You feed your trust in God and it will grow. And as it grows, you starve the fear, right? Those voices in your life, whether it be an actual person, whether it be time on social media that you spend comparing yourself to somebody else, those negative influences in your life, you starve them. You don't spend time on them. You don't let them set up camp in your mind. You don't waste thought time on them. You starve the fear and grow the faith. You have to feed the right dog. So that's number one is haste. And then we're at number two, which is fear. So there is one more thing that causes people to not share their faith. One more big thing that gets in the way. And before I tell you what it is, I'm going to demonstrate it, all right? So I'm going to have a friend of mine, Mr. Sam Bressler. Come on up to the stage, buddy. I'm going to grab this mic right back here for you. All right, so Sam is going to help us out here, all right? When we talk about sharing our story, it can be a complicated, difficult thing. So Sam's going to give us an example, and then we're going to talk about thing number three. So Sam, if you could share a brief testimony with the crowd, that would be amazing.
1: Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So basically, I was born, like, royalty, and my uncle, like, tricked me, and he killed my father, and then I just, like, just really couldn't wait to be king, and it, it just, I mean, it was sad, that I just... Uh, Sam? Yeah?
0: Is this the plot to The Lion King?
1: Maybe. Hmm.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's not your testimony. Thank you for that. Um, but this time, like we discussed, give them your actual testimony, please. Thank you. Alrighty. Alrighty. ready. Okay. So
1: basically, my testimony is that um, I was born with this gift. Um, this gift just was really powerful and I couldn't control it. And I just hurt my brother. And after that, I just like stayed in my room mm. and like never came out and like...
0: Sam, quick question. Was the gift uh, magic ice powers? This is frozen. Okay, so... (laughs) Sam, I asked you to share your testimony and you've given us the Lion King and you've given us Frozen. Um, Why are you having trouble sharing your story? Um,
1: I think it's because I don't think I have one to tell.
0: Mm. He said he doesn't feel like he has a story to tell. That could be you, right? So many people I talk to, I say, what is the biggest thing that keeps you from telling your story, from giving your testimony? And they say, I don't feel like I have a story to tell. So Sam, give Sam a round of applause, by the way. Phenomenal. (laughs) Sam's going to stay up here and help us with this next thing. But I just want to say this real quick. Maybe that's you. Maybe today, we talked about haste, we talked about fear, and you're like, honestly, that's not it. I just don't feel like I have a story to tell. Because here's what happens, right? We hear other people's testimonies. And we hear these amazing stories about how far from God they were, how hopeless they were, and how God brought them back through all of that. And you're like, wow, that is amazing. And it is amazing. Like, praise God for those people who go through all that and choose God. Like, amen to that. They should be telling their testimony. However... We start comparing, right? We're like, well, I heard their testimony and my testimony is nothing like that. Like I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. I accepted Jesus from an early age and he's been with me since, right? That's a story too. That's a story that someone needs to hear and one is not better or worse than the other, right? God walks different people through different stories because people are different, right? Because somewhere, somewhere, someone, has a similar story to you, right? Somewhere, someone is super lost and is going through these terrible things and they need to hear the extreme testimony, right? And praise God for it. But somewhere, there was somebody who was raised in church who had a pretty simple life with not much opposition and they are struggling to connect with God. And when they hear someone else went through that same kind of life, that's what God uses to share their story. So whether you know it or not, you have a story to tell. And so today we're going to finish with this activity, all right? So if you have uh, like a little thing for notes on your phone, if you have somewhere to write this down, if you just want to check it into the old mind palace, whatever you want to do to remember it, I encourage you to take this down somehow, all right? Because this is a five-step guaranteed way to share your story, right? And Sam's going to help us out with this. So number one, all right, if you're writing it down, number one out of five, you write, Hello, my name is... Insert your name and I am blank years old. All right, ladies, if you'd like to keep that private, that is perfectly acceptable. Okay, whatever you'd like to do. So Sam, go ahead and give us one as everybody's writing down the first one.
1: Hello, my name is Sam and I'm 16
0: years old. There we go. Sam and he is 16 years old. That's a great start to your story. Step number two, describe a struggle you had in your life and include how it made you feel in the moment.
1: Alright, so I have been bullied uh, for nine years now, starting at second grade, being called gay because of what I do. I dance. I've been dancing since I was three years old. And because of that, um, I was struggling a lot, and I wanted to take my life.
0: Mm. Thank you, Sam.
1: So we have your name, your
0: age, describe the struggle, how it made you feel. Now we're on to number three. Describe how you saw God move and work in your life. Describe how you saw God move and work in your life. Sam, how did you see God
1: in your story? Alright, so the way I saw God was actually by Elijah. Um, Elijah and the church. And I think that the church is a great community to build each other up. And because you guys, all of you guys have brought me in, God's moved for Elijah to be able to be my mentor and help me, um, you know, throw away the old me and realize that I have a purpose here and that um, what I do is a gift from God. And I will continue doing dance for as long as I can because that's the God that—that's the gift that God has given me. And that's the way that I have seen God move through my past. Amen.
0: My Amen. I love it. All right. So we have the basic information, the struggle in your life, how you saw God move and work. Number four, describe how that made you feel and how are things different now? Tell us a little bit about what is it like on the other side of that struggle?
1: All right. So me and Elijah were talking and we said that we would throw away the old Sam. And the Sam, the Sam 2.0, would be new. So... Hi, guys. I'm Sam 2.0. That's right. Um, It's it's definitely, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Being a Christian isn't going to be super easy. There's been struggles, but I've realized now that there's no point of taking away my life because I'm here for a reason, and I know what my reason is for, and I know that I'm going to pursue what God has given me. And just on the other side of literally everything, I can now get up out of bed with a smile on my face, talk to my friends that I have, you know, do Bible study with them, and just enjoy life to the fullest. Amen. Amen.
0: And finally, number five, and that is what God has done for me. Sam, go ahead. Declare it. And that's what God's done for me. Amen. So guys, that may not be what you think of when you think of a testimony. So often we feel like we have to give our entire life story and it's intimidating and we don't wanna say the wrong thing, but all you have to do to share the gospel is tell someone what God has done for you. It could be a big thing, it could be a little thing, but people struggle with big things and little things and everything in between. And when you show them, this is what God did for me, You also show them that if he did it for you, he can do it for them, all right? There is no greater way to spread the gospel on a daily basis than to share your story through the haste, through the fear, knowing that you do have a story to tell. So go out and tell your story. Thank you guys so much. You are dismissed.